Um, really excited and privileged to be speaking uh, tonight from the from the Word. Um, tonight, um, there's a very special occasion. Um, the Braytons have asked us to have a, a little uh, little ceremony of dedication of Elliot. So we're going to do that after the message. So y'all can stay right there while we're talking. Unless you want to stand up here for about 30 minutes, you're welcome. Um, but we're really excited about that. And, and so the message is going to be kind of based around that. A little bit about just the whole concept of um, raising children, uh, feeding lambs, basically feeding into the next generation. So um, nothing really incredibly new relevatory from the you know bible study like didn't make any new connections it's really today about strengthening us in the things we know strengthening our resolve strengthening our ability to raise our children and to raise the children of the church around us it's also about strengthening our children's resolve i know they're in kids church they're currently working on that they're strengthening their resolve but we also have some younger ones in the crowd today uh, and some children at heart, like Kyle. Um, it's about strengthening our resolve and our children's resolve. Our children's resolve to commit to learning how to grow up in the Lord. Um, so again, there's no grand unveiling of new revelation that I have. Uh, we're going to be spending some time in Ephesians chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6, First uh, Samuel, and then bouncing around. So if you want to pull up your Bible to those locations or... You can just listen to me if you want, or you can kind of pull them up as we get there. I'm not going to go too long so that we can have the ceremony and, um, and um, have the dedication and everybody still be all energized for it. Okay. So today in our culture in America, I'm, I mean, I've got three kids of my own. Where are they? There's one. I guess the other one went that way. The other ones at work. Um, it's hard. I don't even know where they are. But in today's society, we're finding more and more pressure to not raise children in God's truth. Uh, compared to how it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago, it's getting, I would say it's going the wrong direction in our society and in our culture. And so what we're here today, what we're doing is strengthening our resolve. This dedication ceremony and this message are about strengthening the parents resolve and it's about strengthening our resolve as a church because we're corporately responsible for the children and the next generation. So we're all in this together. Nobody here is off the hook. We're all, we're all part of it because we're the church. Um, and the church in America is not viewed very favorably right now in a lot of cases. I got some numbers here. Um, two in five Americans say religion makes the country stronger. That's 40% of people in America say that religion just in and of itself makes our country stronger. So less than half. However, half uh, or 50% of all Americans who say they're non-religious think re religion just divides us. So they think it's a problem. So the people that are not in this building right now who don't want to be in this building, they think that we're a problem. Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that kind of goes off into left field, but don't worry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us back on, on Main Street here in a minute. But just when we're thinking about raising our children, this is the environment we're in. We have more people around us, um, potentially, uh, who 
who really don't want anything to do with religion, who think maybe we're bad. Um... 59% of non-Christians also think the church harbors racism. They think we're bad people. Um, and some of the most common characteristics that non-Christians harbor towards Christians, number one, 55%. Can anybody guess what it is? What's a characteristic that non-Christians view um, Christians as? That's number two, 54%. Pride. Pride. Self-righteous, that's the third one. What's that? That's number one, 55%. So y'all are educated. You know what's going on. We're, we're viewed as hypocritical, judgmental, hypocritical, judgmental, self-righteous. So we're bringing up our children in this environment where we as Christians are kind of, we have pressure to not raise our children up in the church. Um, that's, that's what we're up against. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of that's well-deserved. I'm going to give you some more numbers. Now, try to you know, follow along with me. Don't, don't just turn around and walk out. This is kind of negative news. But the reason why I'm telling you this is because I think we need to open our eyes when we're talking about raising children into what we're getting into. Um, the pastors who, who run the churches, who teach in the churches, like me, Kyle, Jody, guys like us, um, there's a, a group called Partners in Pastoral Renewal, PIR, and I know that they are tied in with some, some good groups. So I looked at one of their surveys. It's just one survey, one data point. Um, but this is, these are some of the numbers about churches. 81% of those pastors surveyed, and there was about 1,000 surveyed, said there's no regular discipleship program or effective effort to mentor their members. None at all. 77% of those pastors said that they personally did not have good marriages. Three out of four. Uh, 89% say, said they've considered leaving the ministry at one point or another. Now, I think that, you know, a lot of us consider leaving our jobs or whatever at some point, but that's a pretty big number. 38% are divorced or in the divorce process. That number is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Um, and there's a couple others. One was 26% of them felt like they actually had good devotional times or were adequately fed spiritually. So I'm just looking at these numbers and I'm looking at what non-Christians, how non-Christians see us. Um, and when 55% of non-Christians say Christians are hypocritical, and then when you see the pastors saying 25% of them say they don't even have a good devotional time, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Those numbers kind of jive with each other. Um, but don't despair. Like, I'm not bringing this up to just bash me and bash us Christians and, oh, the world's horrible. I'm trying to tell you this, this is a rough environment we're in right now. And so as we are living our lives, bringing up kids, I want us right now to strengthen our resolve and to say that, yes, we are in a war. We're in a spiritual battlefield. But there's a reason for us to have hope. Amen? Um, this, this, is, this is what we're here for today, is to commit ourselves to raising our children, to feeding his lambs. So who's responsible for raising children? It's the parents, right? Um, what do the parents provide? Basic needs, um, put them in the car, take them to school, take them to band practice, uh, take them to the movies, um, 
Make sure that they're learning their ABCs, one, two, threes, and the square root of threes, which I don't even know what that is. And I'm a math minor. I should know that. Uh, they go to the groceries, the store. They make sure that, you know, the friends that they're, they're dealing with are, are good people. So there's some emotional support as well. Um, um, there's a, and their spiritual needs. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've got three kids. One's about to be 18 next month, <laughs> basically an adult. And I still haven't figured it out. I, I think I'm still in the learning process. And as I'm looking at how things have, have, have occurred, there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of challenges. Um, I, it's very hard, and I think it's one of those things where uh, hindsight's 2020 as parents. Um, and so as, as a leader in the church, I'm here telling you that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you I figured it out, and I'm going to talk you know, real, real clearly and plainly about these are the five steps you need to do to raise a kid in the Lord. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have the formula to make sure that our children grow up in a way that they are going to take on their own faith. It, it's, you look at the story of the prodigal son. Um, people are people. We, we can only control what we can control. So as parents, we're going to talk about what we can control. And as children, if you're a child here, we're going to talk about what you can control. Um, and a lot of that control actually is, it's a little bit of an oxymoron because the more we try to control our lives and not let God control them, the worse things are. Um, so parents are responsible, but also the church. We as the church, we've been asked to, to have a dedication, dedication service as a church, um, not only for the Braytons to stand up here and commit their lives to raising their son, but also we as a church are with them in this and we are supporting them. Now, Alamo Stone, you may not know this. I know some folks here are a little newer. We started out as a bridge to campus uh, through an organization called Campus Crusade for Christ or Crew. And so our church actually, I think we spent half of our money supporting crew missionaries because we were all about the next generation and bringing Christ to people on campus. I really think that we've changed in some ways, but it's really more of we've changed sort of our targets to get a little younger. But if you look at what this church does in terms of its Awanas, um, its support of um, One Hope, the... Um, um, uh, John Willem's ministry, John Willem came and spoke a couple weeks ago um, regarding adoptive children, and then everything that's going on now and today. I think this church looks a lot like an Old Testament church. We often have the children in here listening to the word, and then afterwards we're all spending time together as families and as people. Um, I think there's definitely a good reason to have kids' church but there's a great reason for us to spend as much time as we do together. So let's go ahead and jump into Ephesians chapter 6 and move forward into some scripture. And you can read along or I'll read it, read it, with, uh, or read it for you. So verse 1 in Ephesians chapter 6, this is Paul's letter to the Ephesians, says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's real simple. Okay, so right now for the children in the room, did everybody hear that? Yeah, cross your arms, look at me weird. But yes, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. But hold on, it's actually a good thing. So if you break this down 
in the uh, in the translation. Obey is actually a word called hupatok or hupakok. It means to hear under authority. So it basically means to listen to your parents continuously. It's actually a verb form, which means continuously listen to your parents and their authority. So it's basically to live underneath them, kind of listen, always be looking for things to learn from your parents. It's expected that as children, you cultivate this habit, basically. So kids, do you know what a habit is? Who wants to tell me about a habit they have? And it could be picking your nose or something like that. I understand that one. But who, who'd like to share a habit that you have? Yes. That's a great habit. That's awesome. Anybody else want to share a habit? Yes. Brush your teeth every night. Make sure that you don't end up losing your teeth or having fake teeth too young. That's awesome. So I can tell you right now that that's a great habit. That is a great habit. But listening, and I know y'all's parents, listen to your parents. Come underneath them and just kind of just absorb what they have. And it's not just at church or just when they're talking about the Bible. It's everything and how they do things. They're not perfect. I'll tell you that. I mean, they're, they're people. They're human. But it's really important to listen to your parents. Um, it's also important as you grow and as you get older, you're listening to your parents, but you're also, as you make faith your own, to actually go into the Bible yourself and say, okay, what was my mom or dad telling me about or my caretaker? And where is that in the Bible? And even ask your parents, where is it in the Bible where it says to do this, you know, do my chores? Well, your parents hopefully know where to go in the Bible to say, yeah, actually look at these passages. This is where I'm getting this from. And that's a good way to build a relationship as a child to your parent. It's actually going to the Bible. You don't have to wait for your parents to tell you to do something as you get older. At some point, as you grow up, you have to make your life your own. You have to make your own decisions and decide to trust God for yourself. And that's kind of like a, it's a difficult process. Um, it's a little bit like, you know, when you're, you're, you're holding somebody's hand and um, like when you're wakeboarding on a boat and you're waiting to let go of that rope, waiting for the waves to get just right. You have to, to kind of know where it is and some of that's trial and error. So it's okay to mess up. All right, so let's look at verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Wow. So, kids, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So there's a cause and effect here. There's, you're actually going to be blessed and you're, it's going to pay off if you listen to your parents. I'm going to just jump around through a few verses. You don't have to follow me. But Hosea 8, 7, Hosea said it well about Israel. It had sowed the wind and consequently had reaped a whirlwind. So you can sow a bad thing. Like if you don't brush your teeth, if your habit is I'm not going to brush my teeth, the whirlwind is your teeth are going to fall out. You're not going to be able to eat anything. Spiritually, if you don't honor your father and mother and you don't listen to them, there's bad things that can happen. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So that means whatever you sow, whatever seeds you put in the ground. Sowing means you're actually like putting, you're, you're trying to grow a garden, right? Whatever you put in is going to come out. If you put in pumpkins, you're getting pumpkins. If you put in, yeah, if you put in pumpkins, you're not getting apples. Proverbs 14, 14, the faithless will be fully repaid for their ways and the good rewarded for theirs. Proverbs 5.22, the evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. Proverbs 21.13, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. So when we only look out for our own interests, if that's all we care about, and this goes for children from 0 to 99, when we only look out for our own interests, we are turning God away from us. We're shutting the door. We've got to look out for others. That's partially why we're here tonight. We're, we're not just here for ourselves. You're not just listening for your own education. You're here for the people around you. You're here for yourself. You're also here for me. You're here for your children. Um, so in, in speaking of that, like thinking about how we've helped others, has anybody, does anybody got an interesting or cool story about helping others? Maybe it's a mission trip. I know some of y'all have just been on a mission trip. That you, where you want to share some blessing that came out of helping others. Some blessing that you got. Do you want to share anything, Aaron? There's so many stories. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Well, just seeing your energy and enthusiasm lets me know that you, you were blessed by that. Blessed. So 
that's kind of my point is that when we are looking out for others, we're also blessed and that's what engages us and that's what gives us life and purpose. And when we're living the life that God wants us to live, kids, um, there is a consequence and it's a good one. So listen to your parents. Um, So verse four, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I've seen this verse kind of torn apart a bunch of different ways. Um, I'm just going to focus on a couple things. First of all, parents, fathers, it's speaking to fathers. Our kids see what we do, okay? Um, One of the hardest things about just being a parent, I think, is consistency um, in what we want to do and what we say we'll do, and what we actually do. I think a lot about, I want to be a very good parent when it comes to discipline, but am I always a good parent when it comes to that? I think I skew on the side of sometimes wanting to just let things slide, because that's the easy answer. Um, And our kids see that. My kids see that. Um, Remember what the non-Christians said about being hypocrites. I don't want to do that. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering if a lot of these people who are non-Christians um, were brought up in some environment where they just saw a lot of hypocrisy. And I've heard that um, from different people. So as we move forward, move out of here, myself and everyone around us, that strengthening that I talked about earlier, let's strengthen ourselves against hypocrisy. Let's strengthen ourselves to do what we say we're going to do and say what we want to do and think about what we want to do. And that thinking should be thinking about the Lord and what he wants of us. So where is our treasure, guys? Is it pizza and football on Friday nights? Okay, to some degree, yeah. (laughs) But is it taking care of the poor and those who need our help? Um, Is it being an active, loving parent who brings both discipline and joy into our children's lives? So we got to think about that and consider it. I had a guy tell me once when I mentioned how well things were going in my life, I was like, yeah, this is great. This is great. And this is great. He said, well, I hope heaven isn't a disappointment to you. (laughs) And so when I think about our lives, I want to think about, yes, God has blessings for us here, but we've got to be thinking about the things of God and of heaven. Like that's really got to be number one. Um, so when we think, when we look at our lives and think about bringing up kids, it's not easy. It's not always fun. It's a challenge. Uh, but the promise of God, as we'll see in Deuteronomy 6 shortly, we see elsewhere, is that it's a benefit and a blessing and a strengthening when we follow the Lord. So when we back up to Ephesians 5, I'm going to just go on another little tangent here. It's all about submitting. This is what's interesting about it. Five, chapter 5, verse 1, be imitators of God. 5, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. 5.22, wives submit to your husbands. 5.25, I'm going to reword it a little bit. Husbands submit your lives to your wives in love. I think that's one of those interesting verses where um, the secular world thinks, well, you Christians got it all wrong. You're saying women submit to your husbands. Husbands, you don't have to do anything. no. The husbands are actually supposed to also submit. 
We're not submitting our leadership. Somebody's got to lead the relationship. We're submitting our lives. We're saying our lives are forfeit because of our love for our wives. So we are, we are also submitting. Everybody's submitting in these relationships. And this relationship here, I'm submitting to you. You're submitting to me under, under leadership. And our children should submit to us. Um, obedience, children, it's right, it's good, it follows God's order. Um, one thing I'll say about parents and children, think about it this way. In the church, you have elders. One of the things about elders is they're supposed to be on the older side of the group. It's not always exactly true. They're not always the oldest. But there's a reason for that. Uh, if it was just about biblical knowledge, you would have a test. And the highest scoring people should be elders. There's a reason why God wants people with age to be elders. And elders are the people that oversee and shepherd the church and guide the church and teach the church. And the reason is, in our lives, we have this lens, or in everybody's life, you have this lens that the years gives you. You've seen so many different things. And as you get older, you kind of see patterns. You see the same things happening over and over again. Some of, some of you folks who are my age or older, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's like you can just start seeing a person and kind of, you, you can kind of put them in a, in a classification almost. And so as, as parents, we kind of have seen the world. We've seen things go good. We've seen things go bad. We've seen what things like drugs can do. Um, it's not just something that you hear about in school. We've actually seen it firsthand. And there's some people in this church who've been, who've had family members, um, parents succumb to drugs and, and be just broken. Um, and when we, when we talk about wisdom and we talk about the things that we want you to do and why you want, we want as children for you to obey us, it's because we've seen what can happen. We can, we've seen what happens when you sow a whirlwind. Okay, so I'm going to bounce real quick to Deuteronomy. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 5. After giving the speech to the Israelites um, on the Ten Commandments, Moses said in verse 29, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all of my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. This is for all of us. It's important to know God's way is the right way. And there's a promise. There's a promise that things will go well. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go well. There's going to be failure. There's going to be heartache. People are going to make their own decisions about how they want to live their lives. But there's a promise. Um... Elliot, I hope you've been listening to all this. So we're going to start talking about what it means to dedicate someone. It means we're going to raise someone up a certain, in a certain way. And in this case, it means um, to follow the Lord. And I know Kyle's going to um, go into a little bit more detail here. Um, again, it doesn't mean we're guaranteed any results, but it does mean um, that in this world that we're living in, it's getting exponentially more and more secular and farther away from God, that we Christians, we have, to, we have to stay to the center. And this dedication, what it's doing, it's just bringing us back to the core. Um, it's, it's like the song that says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's like we've got to keep coming back. 
Um, I, I struggle with focus sometimes, and I have a, a guy that kind of helps coach me in life. And one thing he taught me about focus, and this I think applies to everybody, but even more so for me, is focus isn't necessarily like staying locked on to a target 100% of the time. It's being able to come back to it when you get off. So for me, when I think about, okay, I've, I'm not looking over here anymore, I'm over here. Focus is knowing that, okay, I've been away, it's time to go back. And so what we're doing here tonight is we're coming back and we're recommitting ourselves. We're committing ourselves to being parents, to being supervisors, to bringing up children in the Lord. And the Bradens are going to need all the help they can get. I, I'll tell you that. I've been, I've been there. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not easy and it, it's, it's messy. But, but we're here for you. And what we're doing today is we're taking a stand for righteousness with you. A um, couple other points. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Again, this is Moses. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hands. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So church, what I can say there is, you know, talk about God with our kids. It doesn't have to be always here. It doesn't have to be in a context of a Bible study. Um, you don't always have to have the Bible in front of you, although that's really great. It really is great if you can have the Bible in front of you as much as possible. But you know, if you're, if you're on a roller coaster, <laughs> I'm terrified of roller coasters. I would be praying if I was on a roller coaster right now, but out of selfish reasons. Um, I don't want to die. But really, I mean, this Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6 is basically right as we're coming out of the talk on the Ten Commandments. It's, it's about talking to our families and our children's and those, those around us. That's what we're to do. Um, you know, we go to Chick-fil-A. A lot of times we talk about life. Okay, I'm not saying we have to change what we're doing at all. But in that, you know, if there's every opportunity that you see um, or God puts on your heart to tell somebody something that's spiritual, you know, do it. Don't be afraid. Um, Chick-fil-A is a safe place. Um, you're safe with us. We're, we're church. If you want to talk about God, you have questions. Um, if you want to talk to a kid about anything, you know, maybe, it's, maybe it starts out with crypto, but it ends up being about Christ. You never know. Um, do it everywhere. So that's a little bit of my ramblings on parenting and the environment we're in. So why don't we move forward? And if the elders could come forward, that would be Jody, if you can make it, and Kyle and the Braytons, and we'll, we'll go ahead and move into the dedication part.